Welcome back to Better Nate Than Never. It has been a hot minute. So I want to start off by giving a shout out to, I just started listening to this podcast. It's called the Mile High Murder Podcast. And so if you're into serial killer, like psychology type of stuff and, and, and like hearing case reports and like journalism and that kind of stuff, check out this podcast called Mile High Murder Podcast. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to that. Um, they're getting pretty popular, and it's a local Colorado podcast. So anyway, just wanted to uh, let y'all know about that. Check that out if you're into serial killers and that kind of stuff. So my guest today, his name is John Stewart Dodge. He is a United States Marine, and uh, he is an avid uh, hunter, uh, more specifically um, bow hunting, so we go in depth and talk about hunting and, and the military. And since recording this podcast, he has actually moved to Nebraska, where he is now a police officer. And uh, and so anyway, uh, this episode is really fun, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. All right, here we go. Yeah, so we were just talking about hunting in Walden. Yes. Dude, it's... And we were we were talking about how it's crazy... So did you see a lot of tracks in your, in the area that you were hunting? I saw, I, I didn't see a lot of tracks, but the tracks that I did see, I got like follow really good because the ground was so wet. And, um. So, but how do you know they were fresh and not just old prints that had hardened and then filled up with water? Well, you can tell, so like in the bogs that I like to hunt, you, uh, like if an elk walks there and you see the tracks, if you feel and the tracks, like the, the mud around it is like wet, you know, it's pretty fresh. If it's dry, you know, it's old. Um, or like, but if it's raining, how do you know, because you were just saying that you can see the tracks better when it's raining. Right. It, well, it's just like a wet area that I hunt. It just, there's water everywhere. And that's, what's easy to see is just I don't know I just get a vibe I guess yeah I don't know huh it's interesting but anyway like I saw I saw thousands of tracks Mm -hmm. like there were there were elk tracks and deer tracks everywhere yeah and I saw maybe 10 deer and they were all does yeah which I didn't have a deer tag right and then I saw zero elk where I was actually twice for two years. I never for saw the whole a season. Dude, okay, so the very first time I went hunting, did not see an elk. Yeah. And the second and the third time didn't see an elk either. The fourth time, yeah. when I had my bow and I was bow hunting, we saw elk on two occasions, but there were not elk that we could kill. Was it all in the same <clears throat> season that you're talking about, or like the same year? Um, no, no, no. This is over the course of like five years of elk hunting. I went like four times over five years, but I went twice with my bow this season and I saw elk on both occasions, but I I don't know. My point is there were so many elk tracks. I was stunned that I didn't see a single elk. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I don't understand how that happens. It's like they're so elusive and they're, I don't know. They're ghosts, dude. Well, one thing, well, there's a couple things. Like, they could be old tracks from, like, years past or from a different time of the year because 
elk are they they have patterns that are pretty predictable, but it's dependent on like what phase of the year they're in. So like in certain phases, like during the rut, they're always going to go to the same place to rut. When uh, like post rut, they're all the bulls are always going to go to the same place to like eat, recuperate, and and get fat for the winter. Um, yeah. During the winter, they go down or off of the mountains, and so so you could just you could have been in a good a good spot for elk, seeing all the tracks, but just not for that specific time of the year, that hmm. like phase that they're in. So that could have been an earlier time of the year. Yeah, earlier or later. And then we all, but we also saw like a. Uh, what is it called on the trees? The rubs? Yeah. So we saw like, we probably saw over 50 rubs. Yeah. Like they were just everywhere. And yeah. and, and you could tell that some of them are fresh because the exposed wood mm-hmm. hadn't yet turned brown. It was still green. So you knew that it was like within the last couple of days. Yeah. It's just like, I, I can't believe I'm not seeing anything, you know? Yeah. And you hike, we hiked for... Over the course of one of our hunts mm-hmm. on a weekend, we hiked over thirty miles. Yeah, well, it's like, how do you not see an elk? Oh my crazy. gosh! Yeah, no, that well, the elk in like these in the units that like you and I are talking about, they're the, the, those units are hunted so much. So yeah, the elk, they're super smart. They're smart, and they could be doing all of their activity at night, and then during the day they just go into like the thickest stuff that they can find, and they bed down, and they know no one's gonna mess with them just because it's so thick. Yeah. So yeah, they. They're smart, dude. Like, a perfect story I have, I was deer hunting, which a deer and elk are pretty much, they're similar. But, um... Similar how so? Like... Like the hunting styles, or what? Not necessarily hunting styles, but, like, they, they live in a lot of the same terrain, and I, I, I'm not, like, an expert by any means, but I, I feel like they kind of think the same way. Um... And well, I'm sure you've done a lot of research on the subject. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you probably spent... <coughs> Hours like studying this kind of stuff. Yeah, I nerd out on it pretty hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so a perfect example is me. And my my grandpa. We were hunting this piece of property uh, that that he had access to just from previous years of knowing people. And, yeah. Um, we were hunting this area and uh, for mule deer, and the way it worked was there was a ridge, and we were able to hunt one side of the ridge, but not the other side, because the other side was city property, and that's property that no one's allowed to hunt. Ever. Right. Um, and so we're hunting our side of the ridge, and we're like, you know, just curious. So we peek mm-hmm. over to look at the other side, and we freaking see the biggest mule deer I've ever seen. I'm not even joking. Did you have a tag? Yeah, I had a, a, a buck tag. And honestly, oh my gosh, like, dude. I totally could have smoked this guy. It, it, he was maybe like 400 yards away, but like he wasn't moving or nothing. And you had a gun? Yeah, and so I told, I could have smoked him easily, but he was on the on the property that the city owns oh, okay that no one's yeah, yeah. Oh, and so me and dude. my grandpa we're, we're, we're thinking about it we're like <laughs> well we don't want to shoot him on property we're not allowed to hunt so how are we gonna get him up over here so we tried literally everything he was there every day for like a week straight him he was running some does on the property what we tried everything we tried wait you saw him seven days in a row yeah yeah. What you saw the same deer seven deer seven days in a row? Yeah, and in, in like oh my the gosh. same little piece of land. It wasn't even like what? a big piece of land. And, and this, I'm not even joking you. He was huge. He was just the biggest mule deer I've ever oh seen. Oh my gosh! And so, <laughs> we, 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 how did we, he get that big? <laughs> well, because he stayed on that property. So, so I guess what happened was me and my grandpa. We saw him. We were trying to get him over, and 
we wouldn't be able to get them, so we'd go home and research. Like, okay, how do you convince a deer to, like, like come on the property that you're on? So we tried everything. We tried spraying, like, doe urine. We tried rattling horns. My grandpa even got in his truck and drove along the road that is on that property honking his horn and, like, revving his engine, like, yeah. just being loud as crap, trying to scare that deer up over to the other side because I was there waiting with my gun. Yeah. And this guy would not move because he knew exactly that – no one's able to hunt that property, and so he's safe as long as he stays there and doesn't cross any fences. That is smart as crap. That people. is insane. It was ridiculous, and I was so pissed. But. So that's crazy that yeah. this deer knows. That means he must have he must have been like seven years old yeah. or something. Oh yeah, he was old. But the good news is, and and what what's turned out, which to be, it's I think I think for deer, isn't isn't like. Every year, like ten human years or something like that. Oh, I have no, like if you're I've seventy, if you're a seventy, or if you're a seven year old deer, it's like yeah. you're seventy year old person. Well, I think like seven years old is when deer kind of reach their maximum potential as far as like, like uh, just like um, physique and e- even antler mass. After a certain age, yeah, deer's antlers start getting smaller and their bodies start getting smaller. Really? Uh, yeah. So I think seven years old is about when when that peak is and then after that they start deteriorating and yeah. you think about humans that could be like in our 30s for us hmm. but so i don't know and but the, the deer also work, have to deal, deal with predators and winters you know they're not able to go into their houses during the winter like they have to like like deal with that they have to deal with diseases like yeah chronic wasting wait did you finish your story about the the deer yeah we never got it dude <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah it's an so, awful story so oh my gosh moral of the story that deer can be crazy. that smart oh yeah dude, oh my gosh smart. Dude. So smart it's ridiculous but it, no and, and, and so that's why i think it's so hard to hunt deer and elk is because they're smart dude and so like the elk in the wow. areas that are over the counter units like they're uh, they, they start getting call shikes so you can't like call to them and stuff uh, and they start like they can do you think they tell the difference or do you think they just stop responding to calls i think they stop responding i mean there's people out there that call amazing um and so you don't think that the elk can tell the difference between a regular call and an actual elk you think it's that they're just completely ignoring all calls now to some extent yeah i mean if if you know the hoochie mama call the one where you just put your like thumb on it and you just push it like that. Mm-mm. Everyone has that call and it sounds the exact same every single time you do it. Yeah. And they, uh, if it, I'm sure the elk have heard it so many times over the years that they're like, yeah, okay, that's a hoochie mama. I've call. never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah, look it up. I, it's a super. Is it like super probably, easy? You just push a button. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a it's got like rubber on the end of it and as you squeeze the. The bulb is what it's called. Yeah. It pushes the air out of the bulb through the reed, and that's what makes the call. I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show you a picture of it. But, um, but at, like, that call is just, like, super, it's super, there's not really, like, uh, depth or, like, um, any, like, emotions in it. And so, it's like one, it's like, so every single call, there's one noise that it makes. Basically, yeah. So this is, here, here's the picture of it. That is so strange. So, uh, because, like, with a diaphragm call that you put in your mouth, yeah. you can you can make, like, so many different noises. Exactly. So, I mean, now, you don't even, you don't put your mouth on it. You just squeeze it. Oh, I've seen that? Yeah. I didn't know that you just push it. Yeah, you just push it. It's, like, super easy. So, like, the elk hear that, and they they run the other direction. They're like, oh, it's a hushimama call. At least elk that are, like, highly Older. haunted. 
Right? Yeah, yeah. But like, if you <clears throat> if you were to go to a totally different area in a state where <clears throat> not many hunters go and where elk don't encounter people all that much, and you do that call, that would probably dr like draw me on a string, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just elk with different experiences <clears throat> respond to different things, and I think the elk where we're hunting, they they. Every time they get called into something, something bad happens to them. Yeah. And so they're just they're like, you know, I, if I see an elk, that's what I'm going to, like, start chasing after her, if I smell her. But, yeah. like, if he hears a cow call or even a bugle, he, he might just run the other direction. So how about, yeah. like, even cow urine? Do you think that they're, that older, older elk are aware of, you know, some hunters actually are wearing cow urine? Maybe. I don't know. I, when I use it, I don't really use it to try to like draw elk in. I try to use it to cover up what like I smell like. So yeah, I like I wash my all my clothes in like the special like scent-free detergent. Yeah. And before I like go out, I put on the like scent-free deodorant and I like spray myself down with all that stuff. And then I put the like wafers on that smell like elk piss. Um, just so that like, wafers. What do you mean? They're, they're like little plastic things. Yeah. Um, it attaches, do you attach it to like your belt loop or something? Well, I, I put one on like the back of my hat because you, um. It just hangs down or what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just like flops on the back of your neck. It feels weird. But, <laughs> but, uh, it, I just put it back there because a lot of the scent that you get off comes from your head, yeah. your feet, your armpits. So I always put one on the back of my hat and then like on my boots, on one on each of my boots. And, um, Cause feet have a strong odor. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just try to cover my bases with that. Um, but I don't really use it to like. Do you put cow use. urine in your armpits? <laughs> no, that would be after like five days of being out. Like, not, like, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, dude, okay, so you know I've been I've been uh, trading. Did you hear about that? I didn't tell you about that. No. What? You said trading. Trading, yeah. So like, uh, like on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and stuff like that, like trading items. This sounds like like the new like internet trend. Like uh, I don't know, I haven't heard this. Did yet. I tell you about no, this? I don't even know what it is. What? I've told so. I actually I did a whole episode about it on my podcast, but he so so basically I watched this YouTube video. Yeah. Have you heard of the guy that started with a red paperclip, and after sixteen trades he traded up to a house. I've heard of something like that, but I don't. I didn't hear about that story specifically. Okay, so basically, this guy just decided one day. He's like, "Dude, I know that if I just put in the time and the effort and the energy to to trade for this paperclip, that I could totally get up to a house one day." Okay. And so his goal, I think, was a year. Yeah. And but yeah, after sixteen trades, he traded up to a house in under a year, dude. <laughs> so listen Jeez. so that I mean let's assume that house is only worth $200,000 or something right it's like still you multiplied much. your money by like so much so much that's dude ridiculous. in a single year that's $200,000 a year he just made yeah so <clears throat> anyway and this is without I, I, I assume he had no prior experience I don't know I don't know his uh, background but Anyway, so, so, so you've been trading. So I watched this YouTube video. Yeah. And I was so inspired. I was like, dude, I want to do this. I want to do something like like this, right? <laughs> so 
Dude, I, I've, I've been waiting to tell, tell you the story since you got back from boot camp or whatever. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, so I, I watched this video and I got inspired and so I said, what do I have that's worth enough money where I don't have to start from a paperclip? Right. But it's not something that would hurt me financially. So I had a $250 9mm uh, handgun. Okay. And I found a guy with a dirt bike uh-huh. who wanted a tent. Okay? Like, it's this giant... It's not just, like, a regular camping tent. It's, yeah. like, this luxury military-style hunting tent that sleeps like 20 people okay yeah okay so he had a dirt bike and he wanted this canvas wall hunting tent is what it's called and so i found a guy who had a um a hunting tent and i said hey man i have a i have a nine millimeter handgun do you want to make me a trade yeah and he's like yeah dude uh when can when can we set up a time to to uh you know check out each other's you know items yeah and so we set up a time and a, and a date, and we met, and I traded him my 9mm handgun for this canvas wall hunting tent. Yeah. And uh, so I had this other trade set up already for the guy with the dirt bike. So I get the, I get the hunting tent, and it's massive. Like, yeah. it's taking up all the space in my car. And as soon as I get the tent, yeah. the guy with the dirt bike is like, dude... Uh, I think I changed my mind. I, you know, I think I'm actually busy that day or something like that. Yeah. Know. It was some stupid excuse. Right, right. And I'm like, dude, I've been over backwards to try to get you exactly the tent that you wanted. Like yeah. I sent him pictures of like 10 different tents. Yeah. I'm like, dude, are you good with this one? And so anyway, um, but he backed out. So now I'm stuck Yeah. with this canvas wall hunting tent. <laughs> I'm like, I have no use for this. Right. And it's taking up all the space in my car. Like, anyway, it was just, it, it was the worst feeling ever. I'm like, dude, I just wasted all this time. I threw away my handgun. Like, what, what am I doing? And so I reposted it for the same price that the guy had it at with the same exact pictures. Yeah. Because um, I didn't want to set it up. That would have taken me like six hours. Right. Like, right. I, I have no idea how to set that thing up. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so I reposted it for $1,000. Keep in mind, I started with two hundred and fifty dollars for a thousand dollars. I reposted it for it's. He said it was worth a thousand dollars, so I just reposted it for the price. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, so I got so many different offers like right away on the first day, and uh, a guy offered me a an AR fifteen. Yeah, that was worth like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Right, which is still more than your hand. Which is way more than my yeah. handgun. So it's three times, I already tripled my money. So I'm like, dude, yes, let's make this deal. So now I'm not stuck with this hunting tent that I don't have any use for. Right. Anyway, so I make the trade for the AR-15. So now I have an AR-15. I find a guy with a bass fishing boat um, who wants an AR-15. <laughs> and the boat, it's he listed it for like $1,000 or $1,200 or something like that. Yeah. And the pictures were terrible. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, if you just clean this boat up, it would look so much better. And so anyway, so I go over to his house. I have the AR-15 with me. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this comes with a brand new motor. I forgot to mention that in the Facebook ad. Heck, yeah. I'm like, 
Are you serious? <laughs> you would have gotten like so much more money if you just mentioned that. Right. Anyway, so this brand new motor that's never been used comes with it. And so I I make the trade and I clean it up, dude. I painted by hand the entire trailer that oh, the boat geez. came on. Dude, yeah. it took me it took me like eight hours. Yeah. And uh, anyway, with two coats of paint. So anyway, so I painted it because it just looked it looked so bad. Like the previous owners tried to paint it but they didn't actually finish the job. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I painted it. And so now I listed it for two thousand dollars. So, dude, in in uh, in four trades, I went from two hundred and fifty dollars right to over two thousand dollars, and that was that was over the course of like two weeks. I've been stuck with the boat for forever now. Yeah. I, like I can't find somebody to make a deal with me because mm-hmm. apparently boats are risky. Pawn shops will not buy them mm-hmm. because. If a pawn shop were to buy it, you would have to prove that it doesn't have any holes or leaks or anything in it. So you would have to like meet them at a lake or something. Like right. it would be super inconvenient for a pawn shop to try to buy a boat. Yeah. So anyway, um, so people just don't trust you that it doesn't have any leaks. Yeah. Like they just don't believe you. And so I've been stuck with this boat for forever. And uh, but anyway. Um. So, dude, I just had a guy offer me a, uh, uh, one guy offered me a dirt bike, and another guy offered me, like, a really crappy car. For the boat. For the boat, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I could have had a car that got you from point A to point B. Yeah. For it. Anyway, that deal didn't work out, whatever. People are just so flaky, you know? No, I get that. It's like, they tell you they're gonna be there. You can hang out at three, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you got my subtweet. <laughs> no, no, it's okay, dude. I got a nice haircut out of the deal. So yeah. check it out, bro. So dude, so you just got back from boot camp. Tell me about that. Uh tell me some stories, man. So <laughs> So you get there the so you get there what's the first week like as far as conditioning and training? Awful. So the first week is is called receiving week. And what you, what basically what receiving week is, is filling out. Are you officially like military at this point, or is yeah. this like a tryout? Period? No, no. Oh, at, as far as in receiving week, or like, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so it, as soon as you like get off of the bus and stand on the yellow footprints, that's like when your time in the Marine Corps starts. So like, I signed a six year contract. My six years is. After my six year ends after six years after I stepped on those footprints, not after I got out of boot camp. Okay. So, so you haven't earned like the title Marine yet. Yeah. But, but you're still in the military. Okay. They call they call you like a recruit and it sucks. But, yeah. So the first week is called receiving week and it's just a bunch of like liability stuff that they cover. It's um paperwork, medical. They like give you all your shots and like get you processed into the system. Yeah. And it's so awful. what kind of shots are they giving you? I don't know. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, no, no. You, you, what, what, what they have you do is you show up and you're wearing your... Like, are they vaccines? I think so, yeah. For, like, other countries? Like, for disease from other countries or what? I don't know. It might be, like, smallpox. I, I think it's what it, what it is. is just meningitis? To... Like, do they have a meningitis vaccine? I don't know. I, honestly, dude, so, so this is what happens. You're wearing your camouflage pants and your, like, green T-shirt... 
you roll up the sleeves on your t-shirt and you just stand in line and you like walk in this line and you're so out of it because like you're tired everyone's yelling at you yeah like you don't know what's going on and like you like look down and like there's like someone put like three needles in this arm and like four needles in this arm and you're just like what the heck happened and then you walk and you go behind this tarp and you have to pull down your pants and they like give you a shot in your butt that hurts really bad what it's called a peanut butter shot and then you just walk out and you carry on with the plan of the day it's crazy what yeah yeah, it's awful. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. And They're giving you shots? Yeah, and you don't even know what it is. Like, they, they give you like three in one arm, like like two in the other, and like, like you just, you don't even know what's happening. Because like... Oh my gosh. I, I'm not even joking, dude. That is so strange. We call it getting lost in the sauce, because your brain's just like, just mush. And like, what? you don't know what's going on, so you're just like... Oh my goodness. You do whatever they tell you. That is you. insane. Yeah. And and you sleep in the house. What is this for? Like, what are they telling you this is for? They just... I, I don't even remember, dude. Honestly, like, boot camp wasn't that long ago for me, but, like, but I was lost in the sauce. And so, like, I don't remember, like, a whole lot of it. Like, I remember, like, bits and pieces and, like, ge- like general ideas. Like, I know what receiving week is, and I know that it sucked. Like, I was Oh probably, my goodness. Yeah, but they... I, I, my, I slept in a rack next to a dude... And every night that the lights would go out. Wait, did you say Iraq no, or Iraq? Iraq. Uh, okay. We, we call our beds racks. Like, okay. Yeah, I so, gotcha. So we have. Our I bunk. thought you said you slept in Iraq. Okay. Okay. But so we were sleeping in our, our beds, bunk beds. Yeah. And I was on the bottom bed, and the guy next to me, like whenever lights would go off, we'd always like turn and like like whisper to each other, like talking about like life back home or like different things uh, just random stuff just to yeah. like, try to help with like boot camp you know and this guy next to me who's crazy he was convinced that they gave us shots with like hallucinogenic drugs and they were trying to brainwash us i didn't believe wait that. hallucinogenic yeah like wait were you actually being were you actually hallucinating no i wasn't he says that he was i but really yeah no he 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 said that like Every time you like look down at the table, because when you eat chow, you, when you eat food at boot camp, are you allowed to like talk? Like, do they say don't tell people that we gave you these shots? No, no, they, they don't say anything. They just say like whatever. So uh, what? it, you, you're, you're creating a conspiracy theory <laughs> out of it. Like honestly, I I don't. Dude. I'm fine right now. So like I don't know. They could have given me something. So your I'm friend sure. was crazy. You he think? Was, I, I think he's crazy. So. But, but what happens is when, when you eat, you have to But sit. you only think he's crazy because you got brainwashed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It worked on me, but not on him, so uh, <laughs> he knows himself. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just kidding. Dude. No, no. It's, he, I mean, he's, he's a nice guy, but he, he came up with the weirdest stuff. He, he would tell me that every time he'd like look down at the table while we were eating, he would see like patterns moving in the table and stuff. And What? Yeah, but uh, he, he was a weird guy, dude. And that is so strange. Yeah, so... So that's what, like, received... And he he was convinced that it was because of the shots they gave him? Yeah, yeah. And, and So did he make it, or did he drop out? Uh, he made it through boot camp, but he ended up... He ended up um, not making it through the second portion of training. So when I came home, yeah. that's called boot leave. He went on boot leave. Is there a psychological evaluation when you join the military? I don't think so. I think you go through, like, uh, MEPS, the um, military examining processing station or something like that and that's where they basically do like a a very in-depth sports physical to make sure you're like physically okay. there i yeah. guess for the, for the military but um 
But I don't think that they like sit you down with like a psychologist. I don't ever remember that happening. Yeah. Um, but um, anyways, he this guy that I was telling you about, he ended up um, getting out of the Marine Corps because I think he was he he just regretted this the decision of joining. But he wow. says he's yeah. Do you think it's possible that he was faking that so that he would have an excuse to quit? Like, like, do you think... Maybe. Well, that's... So, the way he got out is he he said that he wanted to kill himself. And so, that is, like, a huh. switch. Like, if you say that, like, at least in the first portion of being in the military, like, boot camp and MCT, if you say that, they're going to be like, okay, cool. They process you out of the Marine Corps. Yeah. And so, that's how people, like, get out. But huh. um, I don't think he ever, like, said, oh, well, I think that they were drugging me stuff like that so I yeah I think he was just like imagining things because you you think about weird stuff when you're at boot camp dude yeah like something that I did every day and you did not you never had access to a cell phone correct through boot, boot camp? camp no no so we so it's weird because humans brains now are like trained when you're bored you have a you have a cell phone exactly yeah but in boot camp it's exactly. like you have nothing yeah. you have nothing but your own brain Right and, right, and and your own thoughts to think about. Yeah, it, it's really weird what you like end up thinking about the the hard that when I found that I was thinking like the most was um when we would go on the hikes we would get our rucksacks uh, which is just like giant freaking backpacks yeah. and um yeah and uh, and they were like like ninety pounds I'm not yeah. even joking ninety pounds and um. We would go on a hike that was like, the first one was like three miles, and then the next one was five, and then it was like six miles, and then eight miles. Like, they just progressively get longer, right? Yeah. Um, but um, it, th- that was what I thought a lot, because I was able to just turn my brain off and just like, just walk. Like, I just turned into a zombie, bro. I just freaking walked. And that, yeah. I, I thought about weird stuff. Like, I remember vividly, I was walking on this, I think it was like the third hike we did. But I was, like, imagining being with my family, like, at Christmas. And they were asking me, oh, so, like, how was boot camp? And I, I was thinking, okay, this is what I would tell So them. you were imagining what the future would look like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was weird, dude. Like, like you're, you just think about weird stuff. Well, like, you just zone out. Yeah. You're, you're just, like, I can't think about, you know, the pain or the lack of sleep or mm-hmm. whatever. And I mean, I, I, I'm just imagining what you're going through. I've never been through anything like yeah. that before. No, you, you just... Like, you think about everything except for quitting, like, I don't know, boot camp isn't hard physically like people think it is. Yeah. It's all a mental game, and what you have to do is just, like, turn your brain off and, and do exactly what you're told, and, and as fast as you can do it, and as best as you can do it. Yeah. So that's all it is, but they make you do some stupid stuff. That's crazy, so, man. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> so... That was, like, the first week. So, okay, so tell me about, like, drill sergeants. Or what, what are they called, drill instructors? Yeah, and so in the Marine Corps, they're, they're called drill instructors. And for the Army, and so, sergeants. like, I know in, like, the 90s and stuff, you mm-hmm. you know, you think of, like, these movies where they're, like, punching them in the stomach and stuff. Jacket, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I assume, like, didn't they change it since then? It's like you can't physically hurt somebody or something like that. They've... Like what are the drill sorry what are the drill instructors like? They're they're scary, bro. Like like I, I, now now I'm able to like 
hit up my drill instructors on Instagram and like talk with them like, oh, how's it going? How's the family doing? Stuff like that, which is cool. Yeah. But when you're in boot camp, like it's it's a whole other thing. They're um, the the f- day that you meet your actual drill instructors is called Black Friday. And what happens is you're sitting on the ground, sitting in like crisscross applesauce, getting they make you like sit super straight. Huh. And, and these like four or five drill instructors come marching out of this room. And when when I say marching, like they're marching and everything's like they look like robots, bro. Like it's crazy yeah. how like in sync they are. And they like click their heels together and face you and the senior drill instructor, which is like the top dog, he like gives a speech like saying like, Okay, so I'm gonna train you to be a marine and I'm gonna like there, there's a there's a, like a they, they say the same thing every time they like pick up a new cycle of recruits. Yeah. But um, so then the senior drill instructor finishes his talk. He goes in back into the duty uh, duty hut is what it's called is their little office and yeah. the squad bed. And then they make you stand on line, which is basically standing in front of your racks at, at like attention mm-hmm. and like. Just, are, are y'all in bunk beds or is it single beds? Bunk beds, yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's like a, a a room about like as big as your entire apartment, but it's like one big room. Yeah. And um, it's just there's like there's like a hundred of you in there. Like there's a crap ton. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's, they so, just shove you in. Basically, that's why everyone gets sick in boot camp. Like we call it. Maybe that's why they give you all the shots. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they, we we ended up getting like two penicillin shots. We call it the peanut butter shot because it feels like they're injecting peanut butter into your butt. It hurts so bad. Um, but what yeah, a you, penicillin shot? Yeah. Well, it's it's not. I, I did I did research on it. It's not penicillin, but it's like penicillin. It's a stronger version of penicillin. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So, so on Black Friday, you stand in front of your racks, and these drill instructors literally they start running up and down the squad bay, screaming in your face, and just like destroying you, bro. Like. There's this oh thing, my goodness. it's called IT, 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 it's short for incentive training, and what that is basically is they make you take off your blouse, so you have your camouflage pants on, a t-shirt, and your boots, and they send you to the quarter deck, which is just this big open area in the squad bay, yeah. and they like make you do push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, um, <laughs> stuff like that, just over and over, like, and, and there's no there's no like resting or pausing, like, it's like, okay, push-ups, But for how long... Like, how long is this lasting? It depends. Like, it depends on how bad they want to mess you up or, like, how oh bad you God. messed up. So, oh, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure as a rule, like, the drill instructors are only allowed to do it for 10 minutes, but that doesn't, like, actually happen. Like, they do yeah. it as long as they want to. Like, if they really don't like you, they could have you up there for, like, like an hour and, and then send oh you back God. and then bring you right back to, like, do it for another hour. It's awful, dude. So are they like required to give you water breaks or is that not a, like, do they ever, do they care about you drinking water? Oh yeah. So something we say in the military is hydrate or die. <laughs> and, um, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, like you have to drink water or you're going to die. And then what happens is, um, like on the hikes, we'll like stop halfway and you like chug water or on the hikes you're allowed to drink water. Mm-hmm. That's the only time in the room court that you're allowed to like. So the hikes you're walking, but it's just up and down elevation or yeah. what? Okay. Yeah, so so it's like, it's like what you would be doing if you were hunting, except you don't have the excitement of maybe potentially killing an animal. Exactly. No, it, that's exactly <laughs> what's like. And so like the hikes were super easy for me, but there are some people that that were just not like prepared to like hike, carry heavy weight, and go up like super steep inclines. So are you in like remote wilderness in the woods at this point during um, these hikes, or what? Not, 
not at MCRD San Diego. So if you're learning, you either go East Coast or West Coast. The West Coast, you go to San Diego for like the first half of boot camp, and then you go to Camp Pendleton, which is like an hour north of like San Diego, the actual yeah. city. And um, that's a little bit more remote, but like you, there, the highway is so right. Like you can still see the highway, and so you see everyone driving to work and stuff, and they're like, man, I wish I was with them. But <laughs> you feel so secluded because you don't have phones. You all yeah. you can do is like receive letters from your mom, you know? Yeah. So it's so never like really secluded, but you feel like you feel like you're like alone. It's awful. Oh man. Yeah, and and the so at the end of boot camp, there's this thing called the Reaper uh, at MCRD San Diego. So you do the Reaper. It's like your last event during the Crucible, which is the three last days of you being a recruit, and then you become a Marine, right? Okay. And so the last three days. Yeah, the last okay. three days of boot camp, and um, and it's called the Crucible. The Crucible. Okay. <laughs> three days. Yeah. That sounds intimidating. Yeah, it is, dude. <laughs> uh, so so what what the Crucible is? I don't even remember. I'd have to look it up. I think they say it's like seventy-two miles in total that you have to walk in like these three days, and then you only get like two, three meals. So they only give you like three MREs yeah. to last you those three days, and um, oh my god, and you only get like four hours of sleep each night. Oh no! Yeah, so it's awful, and then so and then at the dude, day, if I get six hours of sleep, I'm like, oh god, yeah, I no, can't no, wake me up. Too. I love my sleep, and so what happens is, at the very end of those three days, um, you have to go up what's called the Reaper, we call the Reaper hike. Mm -hmm. So you hike like a certain distance to the actual like Reaper itself, which is just like a mountain. Yeah, uh, a small mountain, not. Anything I have like a question. So. Are y'all talking to each other while you're hiking, or is it like complete silence? Complete silence. So like they don't let you talk. Yeah. So you it's either complete si silence or you scream ditties, and what ditties are is like you're reciting your knowledge, and and what what I mean by knowledge is like, so if if I were to ask any marine on this planet right now, um, two marines, two medals, if I were to say that, they would say Dan Daly and Smedley Butler because that's been like programmed into our heads. Those are the two marines that have gotten two medals of honor. Or, oh wow! Yeah, or like the um, Lieutenant A. A. Cunningham is a guy who started the Marines aviation programs. Like, but, yeah. but there's just random facts that I know because, like, that's what you, boot camp isn't just like physical. It, you also have to like learn stuff about the Marine Corps and Marine Corps history. Yeah, so, and you do that by screaming duties. Yeah. So do they? Are they teaching you this in a classroom and then making you run or what? How does that work? So there's lots of classroom time in boot camp. Um, yeah, but there are also times where you like just sit down. So your drill instructors, they're like awful, but they're also awesome because they teach you stuff. Like, yeah. There's times where you literally just sit down in your squad bay and like talk with your drill instructors and ask them questions about like history and like what being a Marine's like and stuff. Huh. So, but, but getting back to the Reaper. So the Reaper, you hike out to the like bottom of the Reaper with your main pack, uh, which is like 90 pounds. It's yeah. the heaviest crap, dude. And then... You, they have you sit down at the bottom of the Reaper and it's pitch black out, right? Yeah. And you look up, you're, so you're sitting on your pack and you look up because the safety vehicle is driving up the Reaper to like be up at the top in case something bad happens and they have to like 
come get someone or something like that. Right. And so you're sitting watching these two taillights drive up this hill, and they just get smaller and smaller and smaller, <laughs> and then they disappear. And you're like, oh, okay, that's not as bad. It's steep, but it's not bad. Yeah. And then you see the lights again, and they're still going up. They, there's like a false summit, and you, you see them keep going up, and it's like, oh, dude, that's awful. Oh, my and gosh. So you just watch these lights just, like, go forever, it seems like. And you're like, oh, yeah. I have to walk up that with this pack. This is going to kill me. Um, and then they say, oh, dude, yeah. and then, he, and then the like, so are there like, did you see wildlife or anything like that? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, there's, there's like stuff out there. Um, uh, I just never saw it. Yeah. Um, so are the trails pretty worn? Like do the drill oh. instructors use the same trails every time? Yeah. Yeah. So the trails with me having the background that I have working, um, managing the open space and like the hiking trails. Is that I, like wildlife wildlife management area or something? Uh, no. So so boot camps like on a military base, and the, and the military bases they don't like give a crap. No, I mean the I mean your work. Yeah, it for is, your job. It's it's not just. Like, Sorry, I don't want to go away from the military. I'm just asking. Oh you. no, it's all good. It's um, not just wildlife stuff, but like I have to like watch out for weeds and like plants okay. and hiking trails and stuff. So yeah. So like I know what. Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I know what a, a good hiking trail looks like, and then when you, when I saw these trails, I was like, these things are awful. They're rutted out, dude. It's it's bad. It's oh bad. no. So these trails are just awful to walk on. Yeah. Are they rugged, or is it like flat, worn trails? Oh no, they're they're rugged. I like mean, they have logs and stuff in the way, or what? Uh, no, well, not so much that. There's not really obstacles. It's just like if if you were to get a trail and put it like going down a hill. Yeah. And then after years and years of rain and snow and okay. whatever, it's going to run it out and just make it like super uneven uh, and stuff like that. And that's what you're walking on with a 90 pound pack on your back. Like 90 pounds? Mm -hmm. What do you have in your pack? Everything. They make you put stuff in there just to make it more heavy, like an extra pair of boots, an extra pair of camis that you're never going to wear, like stuff like that. It's wow. Just, they just make you put. I guess it's. Uh, I, best I, I guess they're just preparing you for the worst case possible scenario definitely so like you want to have all this stuff with you just so like you know what if your boots get wet what's it called the bottom part yeah, yeah. or they get wet or something like yeah. that no no definitely I, I yeah that's probably what they're doing but i think it's also just to like toughen you up right so, uh, <laughs> like they just want to screw with you exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, but, did they check everyone's bags to make sure they had everything in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. So there was this time at MCT, actually. So MCT is the training after boot camp. So you come home for 10 days, and then you go to MCT. And MCT is kind of like boot camp on steroids because you get to do a lot more, like, fun military stuff, like shoot lots of guns and, like, like you pretend to, like, fight people. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, you also go on hikes at MCT, and there was this one time they made us all dump our packs to make sure that we had everything that we were supposed to have. Oh, my gosh. And, um, sappy place. You had to dump everything out? Yeah. After you just packed 90 pounds worth of stuff? Exactly. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the games that we play. So, yeah. So sappy plates are what you put in your vest so that, like, if it gets shot, it wouldn't, like, totally kill you. It would just kill you a little bit, right? So... But it's not like Kevlar. What do you mean? Say, explain so, that. So you have, you have your vest that you wear, right? Yeah. And then like the actual bulletproof plates in your vest, those are called sappy plates, right? So you have like like metal plates. They're they're like uh they're like I think they're sort of a Kevlar ceramic sort of thing. I, I don't know huh. what they're made out of, but those things weigh a ton, and we had to pack those in our packs 
and um, and I had packed mine in my pack, so I had everything in my pack. And they made us dump our packs, and there was this there was one guy out of like three hundred different Marines that didn't have them in his pack, and yeah. he got destroyed because like they, they oh, put him in integrity violator and all that stuff. Could you imagine being that person, no, oh, like so... getting embarrassed in front of everyone? Right. And... Yeah. And, oh. and he just got destroyed. It, Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Military, we always say there's always one because there's always one person that just messes something up. Yeah, it's nothing ever goes well. And and is it true that like even if they don't, even if there's not something really like they're gonna find something wrong? Yeah, well, in boot camp, yes, but like after boot camp, like as long as you have your stuff together, like yeah, it'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. So that's just like the weed out process. Yeah, pretty much. And it's not after boot camp. It's not even like weeding people out. It's just like. Like, there's people, I, 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 I'm thinking of multiple people that I know that they shouldn't have made it through boot camp just because they are scumbags, is what we like, like, like to call them, PG-13 rated, you know? How so? Why are they scumbags? Like they just because they can't, they can't force themselves to go through it? They, they just don't have discipline. They, they're very, they, they're an individual. They like to think So anyone who quits is a scumbag. Yeah. Really? Anyone who puts as a scumbag, anyone <laughs> anyone who doesn't work as a team or have the team as a priority instead of their self is a scumbag. I got you. Um, th- there's just things, you, like if you don't get a haircut every Sunday in the Marine Corps, you're a scumbag. If you don't shave your face every So day, they don't require it? You just, you have to show up or what? You mean... Like, what do you mean? Like, wh- how would you get in trouble if you didn't get a haircut on Sunday? Well, like a... Like a like a staff sergeant, if, if he saw you without a haircut, uh, like a fresh haircut. But do you cut it yourself? No, like they, you, you have to go to like the barber and like get a haircut. Like I, right. I, got, I got a haircut today. So not everyone just gets forced into this, uh, like you don't all do it at the same time? Right, well in boot camp you all do it at the same time, but afterwards like it, as long as you get okay. a haircut over the weekend, uh, like once a week, yeah. But there's just this different things and there's, there's people that shouldn't have made it through boot camp because they don't. Yeah. They, they don't rate the title Marine just because they don't have, they don't uphold those uh, values that a Marine um, should have, you know. They, uh, it, huh. that, that, that's like a sore topic for me just because, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, that guy went through the same stuff I so did. So did you make friends at the beginning of boot camp that by the end of boot camp had dropped out? No. not, not You me, didn't know anyone? Not me personally, but um, there's definitely guys that... I knew of that like dropped out, so yeah. Uh, but that was just like luck of the draw. I didn't like make friends with people that dropped out, but huh. I know people that did, and like that kind of sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so what about after boot camp? What's the next part of the process? So you go you know, you go on your boot leave, which is ten days long, and you you go and like hang out with your family after boot camp, which is really weird because you're so used to like being like just super high strong and then you just go chill with family it's it's yeah. a big difference and then um and then you go to mct and it's um wh- what you do at mct is it, like like i was saying earlier it's like boot camp on steroids you go and you shoot lots of guns which is fun and you learn how to like manipulate different weapon systems like the M240 that is the uh, machine gun that the Marine Corps uses and it's um, it's it's fun to like shoot you it's it's different than an AR because you have to like enter the magazine 
uh, with AR and like charge it back and everything, but with uh, the machine gun, it's a belt-fed weapon system. So you have to open up the um, like the panel. I forgot the uh, exact terminology, but you open that up, you lay the the belt down on it, close it, and you have to like pull the bolt bolt to the rear, put it on safe, push the bolt forward, and then it's starting to fire. It, it it's it's different, but um, but it's really fun shooting that thing. And um, so that's what you do at MCT. And then he also learned different things like digging um, like hasty finding holes is what they're called. Um, basically, it's like you just dig a hole in the ground so that if people were to like shoot at you, it wouldn't be like a super big deal. And um, and so the, I don't know. MCT is like fun, but it also sucks. Like that was like the worst. I'm not going to say the worst. Like, at MCT, it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been. What does MCT stand for again? Uh, Marine Combat Training. Okay. So, uh, there's this thing called SOI, which is MCT and ITB. So, ITB is where people that are, like, grunts. When you play Call of Duty, the people that are, like, going and shooting. <laughs> those are the grunts, right? But okay. Because, because I'm not just an infantryman, um, I went to MCT instead. And, um, Which means it's it's like more specialized or what? No, well, you don't start learning your job until after MCT. But MCT is just a shortened version of ITB, basically. So, um, so, but but what sucks about MCT? The the worst memory I have uh, to date, I think, it was at MCT. They had us digging our hasty fighting holes, which is basically just fighting holes that like. You dig so that if like someone was like to shoot at you, like you have. A it's like a cover. bunker or something, so kind it, of. It, it, it's like it's, it's just, like a mini one. Yeah, a mini one, and you make it hastily, so hasty fighting hole. Basically. I got you. So hence the name. Exactly. Yeah. So they they have this like plan where you go out and you just um, <laughs> you, you dig these holes real quick and then you sit there for like twenty four hours, right? Yeah. So during the day it's not bad because you're able to like mess around with your buddies and like just like. People are like attacking you, so you gotta like shoot back with your blanks. It's it's a uh, you you just shoot blanks out of your AR, mm -hmm. like it's fun. Um, so did you ever do like? Did you ever like do paintball or whatever? Is no, that a real thing? No, I, I wish we did, but I didn't. That like. So is there any branch that does paintball? Like the like, does training with paintballs or maybe, whatever? I don't. <laughs> I, I know that the like infantry guys. The, is that just like a myth or something? No, it's not a myth. It's uh. Like, the infantry guys, they, when they train, like, they use simulation rounds, which are basically, like, real bullets, but they shoot, like, um, like, paste sort of bullets, so, like, it, it's not gonna, like, kill you, but it hurts really bad. Yeah. So, like... Worse those, than paintball? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Those things what? are awful. The simulation rounds are actual bullets. What? Yeah, but they're, they, but they're like paintballs. It's like a putty. Um... That's crazy. Yeah. But it's shooting at actual speed? No, what? I, I think it's a little bit lower of a, like a muzzle velocity. But, um, but. That's so, crazy, dude. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, luckily I haven't had to do that yet. But it's actually using gunpowder? Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. They're, oh my they're God. Crazy. But it's, it's like the most accurate training you can That do. must be so painful. Yeah. Without like actually killing each other. So, yeah. So, anyways, so we're we're digging our hasty finding holes, and you sit there during the day. It's not bad, but at night, because of the time of year that I went, yeah, it was freezing cold. And so, oh, in Oklahoma, this is in Oklahoma still. This one was um at Camp Pendleton in California. Right did y'all drive, or did you fly? 
uh, we flew, so after boot camp, we flew back out to California, right? Okay. And um, so <laughs> I was with my buddy that I went to boot camp with, and um, and <laughs> him and I were in hasty pine holes next to each other. And when it got like dark out, it was freezing cold. You know, you're right next to the ocean, so the ocean breeze is blowing on you, and you're just freezing because it's during the winter. Oh man! And so what we ended up doing, dude, is we jumped into the same hole that's like barely the size to like fit one person. We're in the same hole together. We got a poncho liner. Uh, it's just like a blanket, basically. Mm. And so we, like, legit were, like, spooning each other with this blanket over us, trying to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, was the, that was the most homosexual thing I've ever done. Yeah, I, I, did it, I did it without thinking twice about it, just because I was so cold, dude. I was freezing. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. And everyone else that we talked to, like, the next day after, they were like, yeah, we did the same thing. We were cuddling <laughs> hardcore, bro. It's, it's funny to think of all these tough Marines, but they're, like, legit, like, spooning each other. That is so <laughs> funny. So, did you feel like you made, like, any super strong, like, do you feel like you are in a brotherhood with these guys now, or is it, oh, yeah. is it, like, I don't know, what's that experience like, just going through something that traumatic? Yeah. Is it the same guys? Um. Well, no, so you, you don't... It, like in your MCT platoon, you might have the same some of the same people that were in your boot camp platoon. Um, but when you go to the schoolhouse, you might have like like one or two people from your boot camp platoon yeah. still left with you. I was lucky enough to go through boot camp, MCT, and the schoolhouse with my buddy that's living up in Parker. And um, okay. And yeah, no, him and I are closest closest heck. I mean, we you you, you go from like showering in the same room uh, that has like no curtains or nothing yeah to like share in the same room at the schoolhouse like you go through all that stuff yeah together and you we're, like we're close dude we're, we're super close so dude that's that's crazy man i couldn't imagine yeah. i i just i i couldn't so why did you why did you decide to do this in the first place honestly I couldn't even tell you. I mean, so I, I went to college for like a semester, barely a semester, because I was only taking like two, three classes. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking, I'm like, this is awful. I'm, <laughs> I'm paying money to be so unhappy right now. Like, that just made no sense to me. And so, yeah. So I dropped out, and I started just working full time. And um, and then a, a Marine recruiter, like, called me up and was like, hey, dude, like, yeah. do you want to come in and talk? I was like, I don't have anything. I said I'm doing today, so I went in and I chatted with him, and I was like, and then I I got, I got home after talking with him, and I was like, you know what, I'm not doing anything better with my life. Might as well do something that might be cool. You know? Yeah. When when you think of joining the military, you think, oh, I'm gonna be like doing a bunch of Call of Duty stuff. So that's <laughs> not what you end up doing, but that's what you think. And do you so, do a lot of shooting though? Oh yeah. So like at MCT, uh, you do a lot more shooting than at boot camp. In boot camp, you do a lot of shooting, but at MCT, you do. More like fast-paced stuff, so like... Are you doing... What kind of training are they giving? Is it like targets pop up and it's like you have to decide within a second if this is a good guy or a bad guy or what, like... Not necessarily for that, because, I mean, Marines pretty much, like, just go and shoot, like, everybody. Like, pretty much. So so we don't have to, like... <laughs> what? Well, like, what do you mean by that? Like, like if, if you were to have a city that had bad guys in it, and you wanted the army to go do it, they would probably do it slowly and make sure that the bad guys like were gone. Don't they? They get it. They they get it taken care of. But after a little while, right? The air force 
would probably send like some like precision guided missile in to like kill like a specific bad guy to try to like demoralize the other bad guys, right? Yeah. The Marines, they would get on a loudspeaker and say, if you're not a bad guy, you have like 24 hours to get out of the city. And then when that 24 hours hits, we were just going in and freaking just leveling the city, bro, with bullets yeah. and grenades and <laughs> artillery shells. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's just a, it's so basically, you get, you're like, okay, fair warning, whoever's still here. <laughs> yeah, well, well that's, not like wow. actually, that's not like actually how it goes. That's just like the best way I can describe like the mindset of different branches, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. So like we, we would do it like right, but but it was it, I was just kind of making a joke about not having to like differentiate. <laughs> Di- differentiate. That's a weird. Differentiate. Word. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. We, we don't have to make the decision of whether the target's a good guy or a bad guy at MCT because that's like a I got you. student level, you know? Right. Um. That's low level stuff. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's baby stuff. <laughs> but um, but we did so much, dude. We there was a couple times where they gave us night vision goggles. Yeah. And there was this thing that you put on your AR called a PEC fifteen or is it PEC sixteen? I think it's it's a PEC something teen. I don't know. <laughs> but it has mid teens. Yeah. Okay. It has a infrared laser on it, so you can't see it with your naked eye. But yeah. You, you put if, if it's nighttime and you put your night vision goggles on and you turn this laser on. It's like a freaking like lightsaber, dude. Like you, you see where exactly where the laser is, what? and so at nighttime, you like put your night vision goggles on, you turn the laser on, and you literally just like hold your AR down at the hip and just like what? <laughs> dude, it's so much fun. <laughs> because it's pitch black out. Like if you take your night vision goggles off, you can't see anything except for the muzzle flashes to your left and right because yeah. everyone's shooting. But then you put your like goggle on, and um. And you see, oh, these people are actually, like, shooting targets, you know? Is it black and white, or, or what? The night vision goggles? Yeah. No, it's, like, green. Like Green? Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in movies or Predator <laughs> movies. I don't know. One of those old movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's fun. And, like, it might, I really like doing, like, uh, drills where they... What happens is they, like, call out, like, drills that you're supposed to shoot, and then you shoot it, like, after they call it out. So they'll be, like... Failure to stop drill. Stand by. Contact. I'm going to say contact. That's when you... Boom, boom, boom. Like, a failure to stop is like to the chest, one the head, or to the chest, one of the uh, pelvic girl area. <laughs> basically the groin. Yeah. Because there's so many, like, arteries down there, that's basically the same as shooting them in the head. Because if you hit one of those arteries, like, they're gone, bro. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So, so they turn you to shoot for the head or the uh, male genitalia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the drills are fun. Hand repairs are fun because you literally just pull up your AR and get like super fast. It's so much fun. Dude. I love shooting guns. In boot camp though, yeah. like so you have like different qualifications. The first qualification you do in boot camp is like super slow paced and methodical, like long range shooting and um, like it's, it's like Olympic style shooting. You have to get in like the right position and stuff. But like long range, like how far? Like, um, I'm pretty sure 500 yards. 500? With an AR, yeah. With an AR-15? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, That's uh, a pretty good shot for an AR-15. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a saying, every Marine's a rifleman. It's it's true, dude. Like, if you... What kind of scopes are they giving you? ACOGs. Just, like, I think it's, like, two times magnification. Yeah. And you can shoot 500 yards with that? Yeah, bro. Like, I Are can, you serious? I, I could put it on, well... I was a good shot before the Marine Corps, but, <laughs> but but now like if you give me my if you give me my M16, which shoots the same bullets as an AR, pretty much, 
Um, you give me my M16 with my ACOG on it, I'll put it on a person size target every single time at 500 yards, bro. What? Yeah. Are you serious? No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, it's it's fun. at two times magnification. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude, that is crazy. Yeah, I, I could, dude. I feel like I'm an okay shot. Like I've done a lot of hunting. I shoot. I could not shoot. You could. No. Yeah, you totally could, dude. No, no, dude. yeah, you, bro. There's I, no way. So five hundred so, yards. That they, is crazy. They for, have. They wow. have you, like, set up your shot. Well, and it's from the prone, too. And the 500 yards is from the so prone. So, are you laying down? Do you have a tripod on your gun? Nah, so, what, what you do here, I'm, I'm going to show you. Do, you. do you have, like, sandbags or something? No. So, you have your sling on your rifle, and they teach you how to wrap it. So, it, there's a ditty for it. You, like, chop, wrap, and then grab. And um, you get down in your prone. Yeah. Like this, and with the way your sling's wrap, wrapped... It, you, it, you're able to pull it real tight into your like shoulder, and you just sit there. Yeah. And then you just focus on breathing and the right trigger squeeze and stuff. And it's, yeah. And it's solid as rocks, so hmm. it's sweet. Um, yeah. No, shooting's like super fun. So with a scope. <laughs> so with a scope, you're like, oh my god, this is so much easier. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. like playing a game for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. I could not imagine having to shoot 500 yards with two times magnification. I could not believe that. That's crazy. So with a bow, for example, if you can shoot accurate at 40 yards with a bow, that that's that's pretty decent. That's like what somebody who's been shooting a bow for five years can do. Shoot a bow at forty yards accurately ninety percent of the time. With two times, because a bow is only one times magnification. You're literally just using the power of your own eye. With two times magnification, you would think, okay, eighty yards should be about what I could hit accurately, because you went from you were at forty yards with one magnification. With two mag two times magnification, you should be able to hit eighty yards. Five hundred yards, dude. That's ridiculous, man. It's. When I, first <laughs> I just can't even comprehend. When I first heard that, like, we had to qual, which, and so if, if you don't pass your qualification, you you can't, like, be a Marine. It's your shooting qualification. Yeah. And to qual. So what what's the criteria for that? Like, you have to hit however many bullseyes or whatever? So with the targets, like, there's different, like, points. For like different places you hit on target, yeah. And obviously, if you don't hit the target, you don't like don't get any points. Um, but they have a scale, and you have to like hit this to get like marksman, this to get like sharpshooter, and then this to get expert. Um, but if you get below marksman, then like you fail, and you have to recall. So. Do you get any extra benefit for having shooting sparks expert? I mean, if you're <coughs> if you're a grunt, you can get like considered for the sniper program i guess okay but um but no you basically get to wear different like badges on your chest and people are like oh this guy's like a good shot or he's an okay shot or okay but um so marksman to qualify marksman marksman to qualify um and so so I, I i couldn't say like oh well yeah you have to be able to put targets on the paper at 500 yards speed marine no like 
as long as you meet the minimum requirement, like if you show which is what I I don't know I can't remember, but if like you were drugged out, I, I was lost in the sauce, dude. I was lost in the sauce. Yeah, tripping off the penicillin. <laughs> but um, but like if you shot if you shot like all bullseyes like at the two hundred yard mark and the three hundred because you you shoot standing at two hundred. Kneeling at 200 and then um, sitting at 200, and then at 300 you go kneeling and sitting, and then is that right? I don't I don't even remember. It's, it was so long ago, but um, there's different things you have to do at like each yardage, um, and if like all the yardages before 500 you like shot all bullseyes and then you didn't hit a single time at 500, you probably still like pass. So huh. yeah, it's it's. Crazy, but I love shooting, dude. Shooting's so much fun. It's uh, awesome. Have you shot since you got back? Mm-hmm. I um, when I came back from boot camp, on my boot leave, I bought a uh, Smith Wesson shield, like a little carry nine millimeter. Okay. I'm out in the truck right now. I'll, I can show you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Show me after. But um, but uh, I shot that like a couple of days ago. I was out four wheeling with my grandpa, and I had it, and I was like, ah, oh, I haven't shot this thing yet, so I pulled it out. And, shot at like a like a little target I had out but yeah. um but I haven't like shot a rifle or a shotgun or anything really so have you shot your bow since you got back oh yeah dude I went so I went up to my grandparents cabin this oh uh, okay I did see your Instagram yeah you posted something on Instagram oh yeah dude it, it, shout out to John follow me John the Dodge um, <laughs> <laughs> um no so I I shot my bow up my grandparents cabin and that was so nice I because before that, I had shot my bow a little bit at like 20 yards, and it was, uh, like, I was shooting decent. But what, where I really strive is once I, like, stretch it out, like, super far, and then bring it back close in, then I'm, like, nailing it. Yeah. So, like, at my grandparents' cabin, I was, like, I was dropping bombs at, like, 80 yards, bro. 80? <laughs> yeah, dude, I love shooting. So like, what pin do you, how many pins do you have? I have a five pin. Um, so what do you have them set to? So 20, 30, 40, 15, 60. So, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. So you're gonna have, you don't even have a 10-yard pin. No. No. Wow. Because at 10 yards... So, what, so are you using your 60-yard pin at 80 yards? Yeah. So and just like, aiming high? Yeah, pretty much. What? And then I'm pretty sure... I can't remember because it's been a while. Um, but, like, you know how in your sight you have, like, your bubble level? Yes. I know there's a certain, like, range that the top of my bubble level, like... If I aim with that, it would hit at. And so, like, I I can remember that. But uh, at my grandparents' cabin, I was like, oh, well, this is 20. Like, I, I kind of, like, realized the increments in between the different pins. Yeah. And so I just kind of guessed. I was like, okay, if I hold it right here where a 80-yard pin should be, uh, that's where it should hit. And then yeah. with trial and error, like, one shot, then I'm able to get, like, on a target. And you're pretty, and you're, like, pretty accurate with that? Yeah. Well, I, I have um, a block... Do you miss ever at eighty yards? Oh yeah. Well, like, like the first, the first shot I took, I was low, like a foot from the target, and I'm, it's a small target. It's like sixteen by sixteen. Yeah. Um. But like, once I was like, once I figured out that I was low, by a foot, I just aimed a foot higher, and then I hit mm-hmm. the target every single time. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, yeah, I would never take a shot at an animal that far, but, but like. What's the farthest you would shoot an animal? Um, at the beginning of the season. 40 yards, and like last day, I'd probably take a shot at like 50 yards. Really? <laughs> 55 yards, yeah. So, but you have a 60-yard pin, but you're not confident enough 
in that one? Well, just because like I'm kind of like a perfectionist, I want my arrow to go exactly where I want it to go. You know? Yeah. And at 40 yards, I can do that. Like I can put it in like a like a group it like that. I shoot a group it like that at 40 yards. Yeah. Um. Like a what? Like a dollar like, size? Yeah, like like a dollar coin size. Yeah. Um. But uh, but then past that, it starts getting past that like level of precision. And and I, I would just rather know for a fact, like, okay, yeah, yeah. I know that I'm able to put my arrow there every single time. So do you feel like do you feel like once you get an animal in your sights at forty yards that that would change things or even fifty yards? No. Do you feel like you would start shaking or no? You you've just practiced it so many times and I, I think it would kind of resort to a little bit of muscle memory, but also like my training with the Marine Corps is weird and like yeah. I, is, is, like I'm not trying to like just go jump right back onto that freaking conversation, but um, like if you get the, over your nerves. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it's really weird. Like if a car like jumps out in front of me when I'm driving, like I don't like jump like I used to. I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. Or like if I hear like a loud noise. We were skiing uh, on boot leave, and I heard an explosion from them trying to like set off an avalanche or something. I don't know what they do. But, yeah. But they blow, blow up the TNT up there. And I didn't, like, flinch or anything. I was just like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know. Like, things don't really get to me anymore. Yeah. So. Huh. It's weird. I, no, I don't know. Like, if there was, like, a, like a Boone and Crockett bowl, like, on the other end of my bow, I, I might, like, piss myself. But I don't think I'd shake. <laughs> dude, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. Okay, so did I tell you that I killed uh, a deer in Louisiana? I think I think we were talking about it a while ago, but I don't remember it like super vividly. Enough. Okay, so I got my bow last year. No, no, no. It would have been Christmas of two thousand seventeen. Right. So I've had it for a year and a half. Yeah. And anyway, I went hunting last last season in November. We went to uh, Louisiana for Thanksgiving. Okay. And me and my wife both got uh, deer tags yeah. in Louisiana. And yeah. we knew this guy's name, Stuart Patrick. Shout out to Stuart Patrick. Super awesome guy. Yeah. Um, he let us go out hunting on his family's property. And it's kind of cheating in, in the, in the uh, hunting world, but we were like set up in deer stands and there was a corn feeder or whatever. That's not cheap. That's just the way that they do it down south. It's different here. In yeah, well, Colorado, <laughs> it's like, well, with, with, that's why you want to hunt private land. That's why everyone wants to hunt private land because yeah. you can do things there that you can't do on public land. Yeah. Anyway, all the land in Louisiana is, is private. Right. So, <clears throat> not all of it, but a lot of it. Anyway. So this guy had corn feeders. We were set up in a deer stand. Me and my wife both shot one. But when I... So it was like... We got there at like 7 a.m. Yeah. 9.30. This pretty decent sized doe starts walking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. This is crazy. And so I... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but yeah. I'm not shaking. Right. And so I put the arrow in my... Uh, I knock an arrow. And I pull it back... I have my bow set, set to, like, 62 pounds. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. He told me that the, that the feeder was 30 yards away. Yeah. And so I aimed with my 30-yard pin. Mm hmm And so I put it right on her heart, and 
I'm so nervous. I'm just like, okay, I can't think about it. Like, I just have to let my mind go blank. Right. And so I pull the trigger and it shoots and she ducks and I'm completely oh, missed, dude. Did she, she jumped the string. Dude, right? I went, I, I, I don't know what happened. It yeah. was like so embarrassing to did me. Did you shoot over? I, I think it, I think it went, I want to say it went under her. Under, okay. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, so it's not 30 yards. Yeah. It must be at least 40 yards. Right. So then I used my 40 yard pen. And so, she was still I, dude, she was still there. Oh my God. That was the craziest thing <laughs> because so she crazy. she was probably like a three year old deer, mm-hmm. which is like a decent age. Right. right. Uh, and so you would think that she would know like that sound means I need to get out of here right now. Right. But anyway, so she heard she heard the flick of the of the, um, what's it called? String <laughs> the string. Right, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And. Uh, Anyway, so I missed, but she didn't leave. She just, like, freaked out. She froze for, like, a minute and sniffed the air, and, you know, she didn't smell anything. Anyway, so um, so I decided to put – I decided to use my 40-yard pen. Anyway, so I shoot. Dude, as soon as the arrow hits her, her shoulder goes out. She hits the ground, bro. Yeah. The deer hits the ground immediately Jeez. and then stands up yeah. and runs. Oh, my God. Dude, I could not believe it. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this deer just hit the ground, but she's still standing up and and running. Yeah. And so, hey, Maddie. Hey. We're recording a podcast. Can you come here for a second? Uh, sure. Do I need to pause it? Yeah. Okay, so sorry about that. We were talking about me shooting the deer in Louisiana. And she got hit. She fell. Yeah. Down, so so I I pulled the trigger. I hit her immediately, and she falls on. The, dude, she smashes the ground. Yeah. Like, I thought she was dead mm-hmm. instantly. I was yeah. like, okay, sweet. And then she gets up and starts running. Did you hear her shoulder blade? So listen. Okay. <laughs> so, so. I wait for like an hour or two mm-hmm. hours or whatever it was. And uh, the guy that took us on his property, he's yeah. like, dude, text me when you when you get one. Yeah. And so I texted him, and so I wait for however long. And he gets there, and he goes and finds the blood trail, and he's like, he comes and finds me, and he's like, dude, I, I don't see her yet, but yeah. dude, the blood looks really good. Yeah. I'm like, sweet, yeah, so that means I'm probably, she's probably dead. Do you know what broadhead you were using? Like, what brand? <sighs> what was it? Was it a no. expandable or a fixed blade? It was a fixed blade. Okay. Um, anyway, so I go down there and it's lung, it's lung blood. Mm-hmm. And so there's like bubbles right so you know it's a long you know it's a long shot when you see the bubbles in the uh in the blood trail right so anyway for people who don't know that (laughs) i I know you know that but (laughs) i'm talking to the audience right now anyway um so so we follow the trail and he's like oh we find like a shard of bone and he's like dude i think you broke her shoulder yeah I'm like, oh man. So anyway, so we find her like 50 yards away. She's dead. Yeah. So it was, it was. It ended up being a clean kill. Right. 
but I was my shot was like a little far forward. I was like, uh anyway, but she she died pretty much instantly. Yeah. Um Well you probably hit her hard, I guess, right? Dude, yeah. Dude, her shoulder over. that 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 broadhead yeah. was incredible. Yeah. It like destroyed. Yeah. Like it, it went through every little yeah. Anyway, it was it was amazing, and it passed through. It was a pass through shot. So really, and, yeah. and it hit her shoulder blade. Yes, dude. Now, if you did that with an elk, bro, that I don't think that that arrow would have like no that through the shoulder. No, it right wouldn't right. have. No. That's crazy. That's that's what makes me nervous. Is like I need I need to definitely get better before I try to shoot an elk with that. Well, I don't know. I'm trying. To, I've been practicing, and that was at forty yards. Okay. So, I feel like I could shoot an elk at like thirty, mm-hmm. but. Still, I mean, I definitely try to practice as much as I can. They have like bigger vitals and stuff. What I think I would probably try to do, I mean, it, a hard shot would be nice, but if you go for as long as that's, if you like double lung them and they're a perfect broadside and you double lung them, they're going to go down in like seconds, bro. Yeah. So I don't know if I would try to go for a hard shot unless like that, like, like closest to you was like forward and the heart was totally exposed because. Those shoulder blades on an elk, bro, they'll stop them, like... Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's crazy. Well, an elk is, like, what, five times bigger than a deer? Yeah, dude. Eight times bigger than a deer? They're huge. And a deer is a big animal. Like, a deer could... uh, A big big buck could easily kill a human. Mm Mm-hmm. Easily. And you're talking about an elk that's eight times the size? They're scary, bro. Like, I, I cannot. I would want to piss one of them off. And then, no, dude. And you start talking about moose, dude. Those, oh, <laughs> those things are crazy. Twice the size of an elk. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see any up in Walden, any moose? Yeah, so, uh, well, when we were scouting, yeah. we saw three moose. Yeah. Which, which we jumped accidentally like jumped on one oh. like we turned a corner and boom there was a moose and he was like right there that's crazy and actually maddie's dad is the one that jumped it i was a few yards behind him yeah oh my gosh dude that was that was scary yeah cause it's like, like cause, they're, they're mean too dude. oh yeah, yeah. If it, especially if it would have been the rutting season yeah. i mean yeah moose are some of the most dangerous animals in north america yeah. um but anyway, yeah, twice the size of an elk. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, crazy. So so that's that's something that I would love to shoot like so before before I end up kicking the bucket, which hopefully isn't soon. But um, I, I want to shoot a moose, and or I want to shoot a grizzly with my bow. Oh my goodness! You, would, would you want a grizzly bear hunt with me? Oh yeah. 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 With with your bow. <laughs> I mean, it would be scary, but yeah. I couldn't say no to that. No, that'd be. I would definitely. I would a hundred percent bring a pistol. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I'd probably bring uh, like a ten millimeter pistol, bro, like a big hand cannon. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, that's on my bucket list. I, I, I really want to shoot a bear, whether it's a black bear or a grizzly. But, but I for sure want to shoot a grizzly before you know. Jesus calls me home. Dude, those videos of people bear hunting, like archery bear hunting, and the bear's like three feet away. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) I know. Like, like the videos of people 
you know, doing stunts on skyscrapers doesn't, no. Uh, like, no. It doesn't phase you, but. No, the, dude. You, you get three yards from a bear and. Oh and my you gosh. You're so, just like, dude, what are you doing? Here, here's a story for you, okay? So my grandpa, uh, a very successful elk hunter, um, he uh, was bow hunting out of a tree stand and he was sitting in the tree stand and he saw this black bear run behind him. This is in Colorado. Yeah, in Colorado. Yeah. And um, and he's like, that's weird. And then the black bear comes back and starts climbing the tree that his stand is in. No. Yes. It, and so he said he was like looking down, like waiting for this bear to like, like be like right by him. And he said that the bear stuck his head like around his stand. Like, you know how like a tree stand is. Like, yeah. It's got the, the bottom. He, the bear stuck his head around the bottom and it was looking at my grandpa. So my grandpa kicked it in the face and it fell down and ran off. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? Dude, dude, I would have had, like, whatever weapon I had on me, I would have had it, like, com- completely ready to go. My grandpa's got some crazy stories. Like, there was one... I've, seen, I've actually seen a video of that happening to climb, a hunter. A bear climbing up in the tree stand. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, dude. Yeah, that would be crazy. That is so scary. Oh, because what people don't know, what the media, the media portrays bears as like these like soft cuddly creatures, <laughs> right? No, and I'm not even joking. Like, if you look at like Joe Rogan's page or Cameron Hayes' page, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dropping some big name bombs now. <laughs> if you look at the pages, yeah, they're your best friends. Best friends. Yeah, I, I'm totally homies <laughs> with that. <laughs> no, if you were looking at pages and look at all of the posts that they've posted about them like killing deer uh, and like compare them to their posts about them killing bear, um, you would see totally different comments. Like, people lose their minds when they see people killing bears, but when they see people killing deers, and yeah. stuff, or deer, I guess, <laughs> poor, old, <laughs> poor old deer, um, they, they don't freak out as much. But the thing is, bears are, like, just awful animals when it comes to morality uh, yeah. and morals. Like, Lots of people don't know this, but a a boar, a male bear, will if 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 it sees a cub that is not its own cub, it'll kill it, so that the female bear, the sow, goes back into heat, so that he can breed with her and get his genes out into hmm. the world. Like bears are brutal, and people don't know that. Bear, yeah. Uh, uh, if a bear smells like a uh, moose or a, uh, I think elk, people know that, but people also like to think. The Disney-fied version of... Oh, yeah. No, 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 it's totally true. I mean, I don't know. I don't but it's know like, it it's like if people actually... Oh, my God, like a Yellowstone, for example. Yeah, oh. yeah. Dude, oh. I went to Yellowstone one time. We saw bears. And yeah. people were, like, getting so close and taking pictures. No, I'm like, what dude. are you doing? <laughs> that, that thing would rip your face off a second <laughs> if it was hungry. <laughs> and it had cubs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it had cubs. Tourists are so stupid, dude. And people, oh my god. Did you hear, there was some, there was someone that died because they, like, tried to put, what was it? I think it was a baby uh, calf moose in the back of their car. They were trying to save it or whatever. Wasn't that a couple years ago? I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a while ago. It's not a recent story. But dude... It's like people are just so dumb. They are stupid. They, and, and that just drives me crazy. Something, something that really gets me riled up, and this is political. You might like this. Is uh, <laughs> <laughs> is is um, there's there's like a group of people that are trying to like 
sue Colorado or something like that. Or, no, they're making a petition and trying to get people to vote on introducing wolves into Colorado. Hmm. Like they did at Yellowstone. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've like done any research. No, I haven't that. heard about this. So the the wolves that got reintroduced, and I'm, I'm I'm doing the, the they're doing the same wolves as they reintroduced to Yellowstone. To Yellowstone? I don't know. See, I don't know what they're proposing exactly. Because aren't wolves. those abnormally large wolves? That that's exactly right. No, so the wolves that were native to Yellowstone before they went extinct were smaller than the wolves that got introduced back into Yellowstone, and so these wolves that are just freaking ginormous for the landscape are just diminishing the deer herd, the elk herd, they're, they're, and, and their number well, is heard exponential. Well, I've heard, okay, yes, I've also heard that the, um, the ecosystems as a whole have gotten healthier, they, even they, though, even though there's less deer and stuff like that. They, they, in some aspects, like, like, there's things to show that the introduction of wolves in the Yellowstone has changed so much, even as to where rivers run. Like, like it, it's impacted Yellowstone's ecosystem dramatically. But the thing is, when has there really been wolves in Colorado? Like, honestly. Well, not recently, been. but they, but they're native. I don't know if they are, dude. Well, honestly. maybe not anymore. Well, no, the no. ecosystem now has adjusted to not having wolves. Right. That's right. the thing. So, but, but why mess that up? Because there's still, there's still mountain lions that keep deer, and exactly. humans to keep deer in check. And, and berries, like we were just talking about. Like, th- there's plenty enough predators in Colorado to keep the deer and elk population in check. And if you were to introduce wolves into this whole thing, it would mess everything up. It would they would start giving out less tags for hunting, which would impact people like you and me. And that would even further diminish the deer population because that because now there's not as much funding going back into Exactly, because hunters contribute so much money to conservation. I, 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 I reposted something on Facebook um, that shows like different species of animals that have been basically brought back from extinction because hunters have donated money to like preserving these things so that they can actually hunt them in the future, like the black rhino and like stuff, stuff like that. Like, do they have those in Texas now? Black rhinos? Yeah, <laughs> dude, I dude, I know they have like these African safari hunting ranches no in Texas. Way. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. That's crazy. You didn't know this, dude? No. Okay, no, 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 dude. There's actual, there's like thousands and thousands of thousands of acres, like hunting ranches, yeah. where they have all these exotic African species living on their property, Jeez. and you can pay a, a ton of money to right, get a tag right. and hunt them. That's crazy. So they're actually. There's a lot of endangered species in Africa that are now thriving in America. Because of the crazy... Because species. of hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's it's like these yeah. these are species that would have almost certainly gone extinct right. had it not been for American hunters paying money. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. And, and the thing is, like, like there there's people that I follow on social media and um, they're, like, super liberal and they're always posting stuff like anti-hunting. And I, if they actually, like, got to know me and not thought I was, like, the spawn of Satan because I like to, like, shoot a deer down <laughs> again, 
they would understand that I contribute a lot. Like, do people get mad at you actually that you're a hunter? Yeah, dude. Yeah. On social media in yeah. real life or yeah. what? It, it, social media in real, real life. Like, there was someone I worked with uh, a little while ago, and she was like super against hunting, and she like she was a super big conservationist, but she wanted to do that by just taking like humans out of the picture like completely. Um, whereas I think that the best way to um, have effective conservation of animals and species and even plants is to just limit how, how much um, the, a human can impact the population yeah. and also put like monetary value towards that animal so like yeah and right you're not just you're not just gonna be able to raise enough money to save a species just because people are sad about it like right. you have to make their actual monetary you have to make it a commodity right, exactly yeah otherwise no one like because people don't just donate i don't know it's, it's weird no, no, no. It, no you're totally right so probably, i wish people did just donate because right. they felt sad about it but they don't exactly. you have to make their you have to make their actual be an actual value behind it which exactly. is which would be the meat and, and uh, well not even just the meat like a perfect example is in british columbia they um outlawed and i because i've been away from society and technology and stuff i don't know if it's changed since last i heard but they outlawed trophy hunting for grizzly bears in British Columbia. So if you shot a grizzly bear, you couldn't export the pelt, the skull, the claws, anything of trophy value from British Columbia. All you could bring back was meat. Huh. But the amount of negative effects that that has had on British Columbia, not only just people visiting for like tourism, but... Um, but just visiting for tourism, but uh, <laughs> like, um, uh, just uh, how much money? <laughs> uh, this is a very serious topic. I shouldn't be laughing. That you know what it is is the altitude. I'm not used to it. Um, the uh, yeah, you've been in Oklahoma too long. No, no, Oklahoma is a terrible state. Don't even get me started on that. So, <laughs> so British Columbia, that there's been so so many people that like live in British Columbia that took tourists on those guided hunts that um they they, they got profit from it and um and now that British Columbia isn't letting it, there's not as many people coming to British Columbia to hunt the grizzly bears because they want to bring back a trophy right right like if you're saving up if you're spending that much money on a trip so that entire like hunting industry has been decimated basically not necessarily decimated but it's it's been decreased at a drastic rate and, right um, it's 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 really crappy because people like oh love animals and think trophy hunting is awful. I think just killing animals just so you can put something on the wall isn't awesome. Like I I would never go to Africa and shoot a zebra because I would never personally eat a zebra. I would eat a gazelle. I'd eat a um, some kind of deer species. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. I I would eat that, but I would never shoot something that I wouldn't it, eat. Is a wildebeest supposed to be good? I I think so. I don't know. I I know that. I've followed people on social media that have. Um, I've never killed like a like a water buffalo in uh, Australia with a bow, which is. Sweet. And they'll eat it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It it's supposed to taste good. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to taste like super awesome. Um, Interesting. Even huh. black, even bear, I've heard is good. Some people say they don't like it, but I've heard if you like cook it right. I've heard that depending on what the bear ate, like what what its what its major uh, food source was. Oh yeah. 
definitely affects the taste of the meat. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard that Whether too. it was fish, whether it was berries, whether it was deer or whatever. Trash, it was. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with, with deer, I've heard it's the same. You know, people complain about the, the mule deer here in Colorado. Um, but they just eat sage. Exactly. So they're like, oh, it tastes gamey. <laughs> but, like, the whitetail down south eat, eat like, uh, corn because they got yeah. the corn field. They, they eat so much corn. Plants. Exactly. And clover. And they yeah. have a pretty wide variety of, of food, actually. Yeah. So so the whitetail are supposed to taste better. But I honestly like I like mule deer. I think mule deer tastes really good. So I, I don't know, dude. How do you cook it? I When it comes to mule deer... I go low temperature for a long amount of time, and that's the like key to getting. So like grilling. Yeah, you could grill it or even sear it. Like what I like to do is I like to get it in, in a, a skillet. Yeah, get get it in like a skillet with like vegetable oil or olive oil or something, uh, real real hot, so hot that like the pan is steaming, and then throw it on to sear that the outside so that it's like brown. Yeah. And then throw it in like a crock pot or oven or even the grill and just real low temperature and cook it so there's just like a little bit of pink in the middle and then when you cut it it's like butter bro it tastes oh, so good. <laughs> golly yeah. dude my mouth is watering right let's, let's go to like Arby's and get some meat or something seriously <laughs> dude do you want to go eat somewhere <coughs> we could definitely eat somewhere are you hungry a little hungry <laughs> yeah alright bro thanks for doing this man yeah for sure if, oh go ahead yeah if uh, if you want me back we can talk about more random stuff I like talking about brands. So your Instagram is John the Dodge. You John want to the say Dodge. anything else? Uh, follow me if you want to. If you don't want to, it's okay. I don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh my gosh, look at the time. How much was it? Oh well, it's always it's always better Nate than never. If you like that episode of Better Nate than Never, feel free to leave me a good review on Apple Podcast, or you can follow me on my Twitter at Real Nate Wiggins, or on my Instagram at Real Nate Wiggins. If all you have is Facebook, you can find me at Better Nate Than Never, but my Twitter is where I am most active. If you or someone you know would like to be interviewed via phone call on the podcast, please let me know at bntnpodcast at gmail.com, and I will t- try to respond in a timely manner. If you or someone you know would like to advertise your company or business on Better Nate Than Never, these questions can be answered also at bntnpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, and remember, it's always better Nate than never.